Paranoia. We just dropped a new EP in December called A Minor Setback. It's got seven tracks. It's about 30 minutes and change. Make sure you guys check that out. It's available on all platforms. Also, a couple show dates for you guys. February 9th, Beer Punks. We're going to be doing an acoustic set. Uh, it's going to be a dope-ass little show down there in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and then the 16th, the Almighty Kryptonite Metal Festival. We're going to be there with Macronium, Eras One, Born Beneath, Us, Unoya, of course, and so many other great bands, God Rot. That's going to be a, a sick fucking show. And then just a couple days later, back up in Fort Lauderdale at Dive Bar with Eras One. Uh, we're going to do a Wednesday night live at Dive with uh, Garage to Nowhere, so shout out to them. And uh, make sure you guys come check us out. It's going to be a couple awesome shows, and we'll keep you posted on what we got next. Peace. in the night's rain I'm still lost in the night's pain She wanna like the change 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 Even when the pace of remains She won't unlock the change Unlock the change You said uh, we're talking outside before we got started. You said you're from Indiana, right? Yeah, originally from Bloomington, Indiana, which is about uh, 45 minutes south of Indianapolis, the capital. That's dope as fuck, man. What brought you all the way out the fuck here to South Florida? Uh, well, I actually lived in uh, on the west coast of Florida from the time that I was... Uh, we moved here when I was 15 to uh, the Fort Myers area. Oh, okay. Just trying to get this beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually. It's Modelo time out here, man. You <laughs> yeah, know, we got yeah. the trying to open up the Modelo while I'm telling you this uh but no opener uh no i just kind of used the beer oh okay i don't have an opener but we will i usually have an opener a lighter right usually a lighter works okay lou is our modelo expert on hand lou's gonna hook me up yeah yeah, let's crack uh but yeah, I moved to Fort Myers when I was 15, and we lived there for uh, eight years, and then I moved away for two years, and that's when I really started my, thank you, we appreciate it, brother, that's when I started uh, traveling and touring and making music, but then after about, let's see, about eight or nine months ago, I moved back to Miami, I, well, I moved to Miami for the first time, uh, my girl was here, and uh, I felt like music opportunity might be on the horizon, so. So you decided to kind of stick around the South Florida area? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I got off tour. I did my first tour in March, which was called the Lonesome Road Tour, and we Damn. toured Alabama, Tennessee, Indiana, and Kentucky for about uh, almost four weeks. And when I got off a tour, I was so used to playing so much in the area I was staying in, didn't really have the enthusiasm for live music, didn't have the enthusiasm to book the, the artists that wanted to play, you know, the good artists that are around there. So I was just like, you know, what the, what the hell am I doing, you know? Right. So uh, I came to see my my girl Daniela and uh, started playing here at open mics and everything kind of blew open from there you know so damn that's awesome so I've seen yeah in the uh, the short amount of time you've been here you've done a lot of touring man is it a lot easier to manage that because you're like a solo act well I I I talked to a lot of artists and tried to basically help them with any advice that I can give from the road. Yeah. And I always tell them that uh, I encourage playing solo because... 
you know, everybody thinks when you go out on the road, you have to have this big conglomerate uh, of, of a group, which is fantastic. You know, there, there's nothing that can replace having, you know, a horn section, a great drummer, you know, multiple guitar players. There's nothing that can really replace that. But as far as going on the road, especially if you're just starting out, I would highly recommend going by yourself because you have lower overhead, for one. Uh, and for two, you're able to move. It's, it's important, especially if you're playing a lot in a short amount of time, it's important to be able to stay mobile. And you can... From my experience, do that best playing solo. So I, I probably would recommend that to people. Yeah, sure. for sure. So damn, it's just a little hard, you know, and be, uh, especially for heavier music or people that have. Um, I mean, like you said, a drummer even would add so much overhead. I mean, you'd need to rent something. You can't really ship drums or take them with you on a plane. Yeah, yeah, and and we found that as as uh, a little bit of an issue. I just went on tour with Jerry Clemens. His father uh, was Clarence Clemens, was a saxophone player. And Bruce Springsteen's band. Oh, sure. uh, he passed away in 2011, uh, tragically. But uh, we went on tour to New Jersey, New York City. We just got back from there, and the original intention was Jerry was going to go with a band, and I was going to open for the band and also play my solos, separate stuff. Yeah. And it just started to become Jerry started to realize that it was more and more of a hassle in, in getting everything together. As far as we we had a, we decided to go on tour the last minute. Which I'm never really uh, privy to. I like to have some a lot of time planning. Yeah, and uh, this kind of sure. happened last minute, and we're, we're super grateful that it did. It all came together, and we made it work really nice for what little time we did have to plan. But uh, uh, we dealt with that for sure. And the band, like I said, you can't replace the sound of a band. The sound of a band and the sound of a solo player are two distinctly different sounds. Yeah. But as far as, like I said, a lot of guys I know that are playing solo, you know, they want to go with a band. It is a lot more difficult to do that, especially if you haven't developed yourself as a, a solo player on the road. For sure. I mean, I, I, I can't disagree with that. Uh, it's just not everyone uh, really has the, the ability to, I mean, sing and, and songwrite and just sing and, and play guitar. A lot of people don't have the ability to do that, especially when it's just the guitar and just you singing. I mean, there's no drums to distract. There's no, like, stage antics, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. running around or whatever. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, uh, smoke and mirrors that goes into like a live band performance. Yep. That you kind of strip away in an acoustic just solo performance. Yeah, you really you're out there naked for sure, you know. <laughs> but it's nothing really uh, compared to what I've seen of uh, the comedians. You know, I'm friends with some comedians oh, on the scene, and they're playing with just thin air and silence, you know, <laughs> which is dangerous, very very dangerous. And these are funny guys, very funny guys, but they know just as well as anybody that's in the audience that when they go out there, they're going out there, you know, as naked I think as you can be because I, I tell people. People, yeah. you know, I never, I never try to convince anybody that I'm, you know, Keith Richards on the guitar that I sing like, you know, Paul Simon. Yeah. But I try to mix everything, you know, in as much smoking mirrors as you referred to as possible because uh, I play the harp as well. So blending those three things, I'm just trying to suit and support the song. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I, I, I definitely thought about it that way as a long time that you are naked out there, and if you screw up on a note with a band, they may not, you know, hear that because. Mm -hmm. Right. It's driving, you know. Yeah. But if you're by yourself, you know they're gonna they're gonna hear that. So I, I but I find that I I feel like I play better when I know that the pressure is up. You know, it's like I'm more likely to to. 
uh, screw up if I'm uh, if I'm just like, well, maybe this isn't, you know, if I'm if I'm in not in, in my if I'm in my head it. about it, yeah. But if I I'm just out the there playing way. and you know, I feel like you know maybe maybe those are, Dude, are the best times. <laughs> I know? feel the same way because there's there's been times where. I'll, you'll rehearse all week for a gig or even weeks at a time for one gig like uh, Kryptonite Metal Festival is coming up soon and whatnot, and so you know we know about that it's an annual thing Yeah. so we rehearse for weeks on end for it and then that day will come and you'll there may be a part that you don't think you have the tightest I'm a drummer so yeah. you know it's a whole nother beast uh, to play guitar and to play the drums I actually just started getting into guitar maybe six months ish ago uh, into like that singing and playing because I actually I really enjoy singing I like so I've grown like this fondness for acoustic sets and whatnot mm-hmm. um and so I know it's difficult for sure, but I don't know. There's just something else about drums. It's like you need cardio and shit. Yeah, you do. You, you know, do. that's why. I mean, some of the drummers I admire the most are the ones that. I mean, drumming by itself is tough enough. You know, I mean, you're driving the whole thing, and yeah. everything is really dependent on you. You know, I mean, I have. Uh, a nice amount of respect for drummers, you know, and have am good friends with some legendary drummers, so I know exactly what it takes, and it's it's one of the most difficult things. But uh, one, some of my favorite drummers are the ones that can do that impossible task, uh, and also do something else at the same time. Like Levin Helm of the band, you know, he sang at the same time that he played drums. Oh yeah, me you too. Know, um, uh, Don Henley, you know, from the Eagles, yeah. of course. Oh yeah, one yeah. Of yeah. My biggest inspirations, Monster. and the fact that he can. You know, he's a baritone when he talks, but when he sings, he's, you know, in the stratosphere, yet he's still keeping, you know, an unbelievable beat. So, yeah, I mean, I have a a lot of respect for drummers. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, one of my, um, like, that, that's a feeling that's dope as fuck too. Um, we used to cover uh, "Comfortably Numb." Oh yeah. And so I would do David Gilmore's. Like, I would come and do the chorus. Okay. And so my singer Alex, he would do Roger Waters' part, and like it was always so much fun doing that. You know what I mean? Like I really enjoy singing. That's why I thought I'd pick up the guitar and try and learn, you know, ballads and whatnot, just for shits and giggles. It's, it's a freedom tool. The guitar yeah. provides, you know, uh, the drums don't necessarily. I don't see many guys out playing drum solo. You know. Know? Right, so, right, right, right. The, the guitar is really a freedom, a freedom. It's a, it was a key for me for sure that I was uh, held back. I was just writing and producing music before, and if I wanted to go out and play, I had to rely on so many other people, you know. Which yeah. I find that you know you, you're lucky to find anybody that's as passionate about what you're doing as you. 100%. You know. So picking up the guitar and the harps, it was like, you know. I would love the end goal is not to be you know uh, uh, a great solo player I mean my end goal would be to have you know a a great band that I could you know go out in front but have my solo career but uh, at the end of the day with being solo you can go when you want to go you know you don't have to consult with anybody you get your stuff and you you know you can play whenever you like and that's the freedom I like that the guitar brings for sure yeah yeah that's that's the one thing that attracted me to it was I was at a time uh, where I was going through certain shit and so I felt like a lot of the times uh, for drums you could like express anger and like a lot you can let off a lot of steam you know hitting some shit but like you can't really express much else I feel like 
Uh, so I feel that's why I wanted to gravitate toward another instrument that was more melodic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that way I could express different feelings, whether it's happiness or sadness or anger or whatever. Yeah, uh, it, and there's yeah. different songs you could learn for different shit. I don't know, I cause like I like I said, I thoroughly enjoy singing as much as I enjoy drumming and all that. Yeah, yeah, and I think that uh, the singing just came to me. I was just singing to myself basically for a long, long time, and never realizing that I was I was learning things and I was l- learning by listening, you know. Yeah, and. Uh, but no, I you know the singing basically. I never considered anybody that I admired in music to be a great singer. You know, I mean my my heroes, two of my biggest music heroes, and what really got me started. Nobody would consider them you know uh, great good, singers. good singers at all. You know, I mean my when I asked my parents about Bob Dylan, you know they were like, oh Bob Dylan can't sing. <laughs> so and everybody thought that you couldn't before Bob Dylan you couldn't sound like that and get on the radio. You know? Right, right, right. So uh, and. I mean, Bruce, you know, Springsteen is a big, big inspiration of mine. And uh, Bruce uses the voice that he has. He doesn't have, you know, a voice like Don Henley's, you know. Right, right. So that's really what I held on to. Like, hey, you know, a lot of people don't think Neil Young has a good voice, you know. But to me, Neil's songs were some of the most impactful because of his voice. And Dylan, Dylan's songs wouldn't have had the same sound if his voice had been, you know, sounded like somebody like, you know, Prince. You know, his songs had to be impactful because he was just telling you a story so that's why I really take I tell people like they say they say something about my singing good or bad I say I don't really think too much about my singing you know I'm just I'm thinking about the song and telling you a story you know telling you a story sometimes I go completely out of harmony and cadence to just talk some lyrics you know so I don't think about it too much because I think if I think I do I'd be way too critical of myself (laughs) so (laughs) no I feel you everyone's going to be their worst critic I I feel the same way Uh, but that's the one thing that I guess made Bob Dylan stand out at the time right was like that the way he was singing there's kind of like there's a lot of singers that are like that and like uh so different that they stand out just for being different kind of like Serge Tankian like I wouldn't consider Serge to be a bad singer I think he's a great singer uh but like he's very different very distinct if like a system of a down song comes on like you know yeah exactly who that is same thing with Bob Dylan same thing with the Doors same thing yeah. with Jimi Hendrix more so for his guitar but still his yeah, voice look at, I, I'm a big Warren Zevon fan nobody right. thought Warren had a good voice but some one of the best songwriters yeah uh uh, so there's a lot of artists that kind of got uh, by with okay voices um, due to the content of their lyrics and just like the musicality of it, uh, which is why I love The Doors because all his lyric, all Jim Morrison's lyrics are poetry, mm-hmm. and a lot of people, I mean, straight up, sometimes he's just yelling and shit, you know. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for Jim Morrison. Uh, Jim Morrison for, is awesome. Yeah, I mean, the first time I heard Jim Morrison was. Uh, uh, as a kid, there was this video game for PlayStation 2. Uh, it was called like Midnight Club or oh, the shit. racing games. And yeah. they had a remix of Riders on the Storm and Snoop Dogg was on it. Yeah. And yeah, I that's that's, that. that's definitely right, yeah. And that I was like, oh man, Jim's voice was great, you know. Oh, it was so dope. Made I you stop what you were doing and be like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think they just, uh, they, it is the original song, but then they just cut in some instrumental for Snoop Dogg to do something <laughs> on. I don't remember anything about Snoop Dogg's part, but I remember Jim's voice, you know. Yeah, that's actually funny. I discovered The Doors through a video game, too. It wasn't that, oh, thanks, guy who's driving by right now, dick. But uh, he's listening to The Doors. <laughs> I highly doubt it with that much bass, seeing as I'm a bass player. 
But um, <laughs> uh, the one thing, uh, yeah, the game that I, that I found the doors in, it was a Tony Hawk's Underground Two. Oh yeah, dude, I, the, I used to love the Tony Hawk games. They yeah. were sick, man. Uh, <laughs> I think the theme song was it was a Brink on Through for uh, for the second one. It was like uh, Bam Margera was on the cover. You go to Boston and whatnot. Oh yeah, yeah, that game was sick as fuck, man. There was so many games back then that had awesome fucking uh, great soundtracks. Uh, soundtracks, yeah. right? And what, they put me on to great music. What's pretty interesting is like all of the people that I know that are into like rock music and stuff. The majority of them like, oh yeah, Tony Hawk's Underground, or like yeah. the first Tony Hawk. Like that's where it all started yeah. for everybody. Yeah, video yeah. games and movies are a great source of a place to find great music. I mean, uh, remember the Titans is like uh, one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's and the movie's great, of course, but the soundtrack it wouldn't be as good of a movie without you know. There's Credence on there, yeah, you know, yeah. and there's a Norman Greenbaum and Steppenwolf, and you know stuff that I had never heard before. You know, right. movies and video games are great place oh dude yeah movie yeah good you hit the nail on the head with movies um a lot of quentin tarantino man pulp fiction dude put me on al green and yeah and and a lot of uh, dope ass music from from back in the day uh i don't know just quentin tarantino specifically man his music scores are fucking dope even uh recently i got into classical music recently like a year or two ago uh, when i got up uh, metal with Unoya and stuff. Mm-hmm. The singer he was into like Chopin and and Wagner and shit like that. And classical music is dope as fuck. Yeah, yeah. So I started appreciating mu- uh, movie scores more, like uh, the Dark Knight shit. Oh yeah, forgot that guy's name. What was that guy's name? The guy who who fucking scored Dark Knight. He's fucking I, I famous as shit. I actually don't know. I don't know his name <laughs> by, off the top of my head. I mean, when I think of scores, people that, you know, this compose, what? I think of John Williams. You know, yeah, Star yeah, yeah, Wars. yeah. Oh, yeah. John uh, Williams. Sean Callery. Sean Callery. You mean uh, Hans Zimmer? Hans Zimmer. Uh, yeah. He's Hans great. Zimmer. He's, he now does like a master class, I, I see, on yeah. YouTube. Like, oh, he does? He teach you like all the stuff that, yeah. That's fucking dope. Yeah. I think Dead Mouth. Oh, I was actually going to ask if I could say fuck. But now I know I am. No, you can say whatever Great. the fuck you want. Yeah, that's one of my favorite words. So oh, this yeah. wasn't going to be the same type of podcast no, without no, no. that. So that's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's no, great. We, yeah. We, don't, we don't get offended here. We don't get great. offended. That's good. Here. That's, <coughs> that's good. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't talk about it. We'll, we'll tell you later. Yeah, we'll tell you, right. tell you later. That's but yeah, you can curse. You can say whatever you want. Okay, uh, fantastic. Fucking fantastic. Fucking fantastic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, what the fuck were we talking about? Tony Hawk's uh, Underground. Yeah. Lit. Yep. There were a lot of games like that though. Dave Mira. There was uh the Dave Mira's BMX dude. That shit uh, put me on a Sublime and stuff. Yeah. Um. What was that fucking song? Dude, who doesn't know uh Superman by Goldfinger? Uh, <laughs> From like the intro of uh, oh, the yeah. first Tony Hawk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure if you played about. the song, I'm old enough to it. have played the first couple Tony Hawks. Yeah, like, me too. All right, hey, so. hey, now, all right, fucking dissing me. I, I heard it. I heard <laughs> that's a sneak this right now. No, there. no, no. I'm like the young. No, I mean like I'm up with you guys and what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the remakes that they've been doing. No, they they, they made like a remake. I can be honest with you. I don't play video games anymore at all. Like, How do you have time for that shit? You're on the road every other week. I don't have. No, you know what I. Did buy my girl uh, a new Xbox for Christmas. Word? So, but I don't, I don't fucking play. Gotta keep know. her entertained while you're out of the house, huh? I know, you I know. I'm gonna be gone yeah. for six months, but here's the sex box. Yeah, here's an Xbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you should have got the PlayStation. The VR is wild. I know. I, if it was up to me, I would have got the PlayStation. But she had been talking about the Xbox. So, ah, okay. You know, got. You gotta be the good boyfriend. Happy wife, you happy get the wife. Xbox. She exactly. <laughs> That's it. Dude, That's no. It. This. Have you tried this VR shit? 
Uh, I've worn it a couple times. I used to work for, just a- for porn, I used to work though, right? for AT and T. Yeah, just yeah. <laughs> exclusively for that. Yeah, eight no AT and T. I used to work there. So when the, the VR was first coming out, you know, they have all like the Samsung demos people were like stuff. freaking out at our place, like pu- putting the headsets on us and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it, I think the coolest thing. I'm a big you know basketball fan, especially professional. Even though it makes yeah. may, they make me sick a lot. Uh, mm. Being able to sit courtside at a game by putting the VR headset on. Is a, is pretty sweet. You, you know? can do that. Yeah, that's like a new thing through like your NBA league pass. You can like put this headset on and, and you're sitting courtside. Yep. So that's uh, dope as shit. Yeah, and that's just the start. You know, people are going to be able to. There's this new Spielberg movie out. Uh, it's like Ready Set Go. I think maybe is it's called. Maybe it's not called that, but I'm pretty sure it's very similar to the like title. Were they like a video game or something? And they put on these headsets and they like disappear into like alternate. You know, that's what's going to. That's happen, what you know? it feels That's what's like. going to happen people are going to be able to escape reality like for long-term periods you know no pretty, pretty dude, wild you it, know? that's what it feels like man pretty wild. we got to get into the music video business dude, <laughs> can you imagine it being your favorite band's music video and just standing yeah, around hanging out, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine like you it, like john travolta and that pulp he's just they could put you at coachella now you know they could put you what i mean it's not the same of course but no. you know you put this headset on and they have a camera that's where you would be at coachella so you're there you get a you know? spot behind some fat fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't yeah. see shit. The can't see shit VR coach. Oh, you want to see shit? You got to buy the upgrade. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> put you behind a, t- a midget. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. It's the authentic experience, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the authentic experience. You won't see shit. You're all the way in the back. It's GA. What'd you expect? Yeah. You didn't get here three days ago. Yeah, you have to camp out via VR. You have to keep the headset on for like three days to keep your to get a good spot. I thought that uh, Imagine that shit I was about to say Well with VR You could at least You know Be at home naked Watching it But I think people at Coachella Actually are naked <laughs> Yeah so. they are for sure I've never been But yeah that's what I hear So You ever been a Burning Man? No no See honestly uh, If I'm gonna go to a festival I'm not a big festival guy Because EDM music Is not my thing You okay. know I think that if I would have been born in the nineteen, you know, fifties or something, I'd be lucky enough to be growing up when everyone my age would be loving like CSN and you know the Eagles and they probably like the pop you know, shit that's yeah. on the radio, man. I don't know. You remember the, in the seventies, you know, young kids filled up Woodstock. You know, nowadays, if you want that many kids to fill up a festival, you got to do some you know bullshit EDM festival, you know, somewhere, and that's what it's going to take to fill uh, fill up the fields. You know, so. Uh, for me, that's a little bit of a disappointment, you know, the fact that that. Uh, but if I was going to go to a, if I was going to go to a festival, I would go to the Newport Folk Festival in, in Rhode Island, or I would go to the Jazz Fest in New that. Orleans, you know. So. Well, New Orleans is a great music town. Have you played there? No, actually, that's <sighs> on the list. That's on. But there. you know what? We were talking about Chris Clark before this. Chris, yeah, yeah, Chris yeah. Clark actually just asked me a couple days ago uh, to go with him. And no traffic, and we were gonna do some sort of little mini tour in New Orleans Damn, in like May. So, so it's funny you bring that up, and we were talking about Chris. Yeah, so we wanted to go to New Orleans for quite some time, but we've been in a lot of places, but there's still plenty of places in the Dude. states that I want to go. So, Man, so what, what is? Uh, I mean, well, I'm sure you can't really talk about that much, but yeah, if anything goes down with that, I would love to play New Orleans. Uh, I know DJ Oski, this uh, local promoter, sets up a lot of shows at church shows and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He um. He set up this like Miami 
thing where he brought over a couple bands. I don't know if no, I, I think No Traffic might have been part of that. Uh, Barbara Floyd was part of that. Uh, shout out to those guys, uh, and they did a show over there already where they had bands from here over there, uh, and I think vice versa. We had a couple of their bands over here for Kryptonite or something like that last yeah. year. So yeah. to do something like that again will be dope. I'm actually trying to plan something right now to to get a couple bands that I think are real, real sick metal bands from down here in Miami and and get a couple of shows in North Florida and Central Florida stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I think what I'm learning is it's the it's the philosophy of, you know, uh, I see a lot now from just certain areas that they are not accepting of out of towners. You know, the local musicians, really the local music scene. I'm not talking about around here. I'm just no, saying. No, no, it's I'm some saying scenes, out, out of town. So yeah, yeah, some scenes that I, I I've been to. Tell me about and, it. And uh, I look at it as, hey, you know, I mean, uh, I'm very, very accepting. We we, uh, you know, I run the Monday night uh, open mic at Churchill's, so we get all different types of people to come in. And I think that that philosophy of. Uh, Supporting people that are coming from out of town, and then in turn they support you when you go to their towns. I feel like that is a very, very good thing, and not not a thing that everybody is aware about. That is good for for acts like ourselves. You know, it's it's, it's helped me out quite a tremendous amount. So I try when people come to to town. You know, they're always we we make exceptions. You know, to get them slots and times when maybe slots and times aren't available because we want people from out of town to know like hey like we give a shit about your music and we care that you're here because the scene doesn't just run off of localism you know and a lot of people need to open their minds to that because it, it does being closed minded hurts it hurts a lot because you know I would not have uh, had the type of um, reach already that I've had in a short amount of time here if not for, for people accepting me around here you know I mean Ryan Carney of the Barely Damned you know except me very early on uh, the, the guys at Churchill's Panther and Ian uh, accepted yeah. me very very early on and not only that you know were, were very intrigued by what I was doing and wanted to help me you know get that that out there more and a lot of Fort Lauderdale musicians like Chris and you know Frankie Valdez you know if it wasn't for, for these type of people you know I wouldn't have felt like you know I, I belonged in here to try to make my own foot, footprint at all. So I'm very proactive in to trying to preach that message of, hey, you know, it doesn't doesn't matter where the where the fuck you're from. You know, it's just we're happy that you're here and we want to hear what you have. You know. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. Uh, it, it's a little sad to hear that there's outside, you know, music communities that aren't welcoming to to, to foreigners or. Or uh, you know, people from outside their scene just trying to make a footprint outside yeah. of their own state. Yeah, but That's you know what? It, it's, it's it's a rough journey, you know. And uh, I was just talking to um, to a friend today, and he said, "Man, you know, making the music is not even the difficult part. You know, that's not that's not the difficult part. You know, so." Uh, I just think that that it's important, like I said, to remember, uh, you know, that we're we're all just kind of like a melting pot of people trying to, you know, express ourselves. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, I think that I think that Miami does actually a really good job of it, though. So I'm happy to be making music here and performing here on, on, on a basis. And you know, people a lot of people are scared of what they don't know. You know, f- fear a lot That's of the times true. is because of what people don't know. So uh, that that has a, a lot to do with it as well. But I'm like I said, I'm happy to be making music here and performing here because we do have a good scene, I believe. Yeah, no, very strongly. Ah, yo, I have. N- I'm not gonna sit here and say that uh, the Miami scene isn't isn't. A good scene. Um, I think, like you said, there is a sense of community. Yeah. I don't know uh, too much outside of the metal community, but I know inside the metal community, we have a fucking camaraderie between a lot of the local acts that know who we are, know each other's song lyrics, and support each other. Even when we're not playing on that bill, we'll still come to each other's shows. Yeah. Shit like that. And uh, it's very welcoming. You know what I mean? There's a lot of bands that were new that were welcomed uh, into the bigger festivals. Like, there was last year a festival called... uh, uh, Well, last year it was 2018. 2017 called the Headbangers Bowl. Okay. And it was on... uh, Obviously, it was the day after 420, 421. And it was sick. And there was a band that night that we we met uh, called Tedium. They were from West Palm Beach, and they came all the way down to West Palm, uh, you know, to come fucking be part of this festival that was basically an hour maybe hour and a half drive for them and they were one of the dopest bands that as far as people uh, they were really cool fucking people uh, and they've always they they played shows consistently with us since then since we discovered them there so having festivals like that at Churchill's and at other places is something that uh, helps a lot of the musicians get to know each other yeah yeah and I, I always say uh uh, we've really had a, uh, a long battle, you know, not me personally, but Ryan Carney, who I mentioned earlier, puts on all the folk shows at Churchill's and, you know, has taken those shows up to West Palm Beach to big places like Voltaire, you know, really he's been yeah. pushing his his ass off for four years now. Uh, and I've been really, you know, trying to push beside him now for about seven or eight months because the acoustic scene is just now starting to get the attention that I think that it's it's been deserving for way too long, but the the band scene, uh, you know, especially because of places like Churchill's, you know, and Las Rosas, uh, you know. Uh, People come out in droves for these metal shows, you know, and uh, and then after the shows, the, these bands are set up in the parking lot, and people are in the parking lot, you know, talking with shit. Their, yeah, with their paps, watching, the, you know, one, two, three a.m. All about the show, you know. So, I um, the that community has a tremendous amount of my, you know, love and support because it's it's what the acoustic community, and I think the biggest issue is is that more people are, are aware of. Of the, the the big bands and the punk bands and the metal bands that they're going to be there, you know. Right. And the solo acts are not. We haven't been doing enough to to let people know that we're we're, we're out there. But I think that's the tide is definitely changing. We just uh, I just got a folk show. Um, and I want to say folk show. It's basically an acoustic show. It's one night a, a month at Lincoln's Beard Brewing Company in Westchester. Oh shit, for real? Yeah, and we just had the first show January third. And how'd it go? It was fantastic. We couldn't ask for a better outcome. Wow. They had an amazing night at the bar. We had a group out called the Strums. Uh, the Strums. And they're very, very, very <laughs> good band group. Is the Strokes. So yeah. That's just funny. The very, Strums. Yeah, uh, they just, they changed their name uh, recently, uh, but I don't know. 
Shout exactly. Out to the yeah, it's a Japanese. It's a new Japanese name. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, but it's like Namaj, I think, or something like that. But they they were one of the acts. Uh, the Lone Wolf, Bruno. I don't know if you you know Bruno, no, but no. he's uh, he was out there. Who else do we have? Woman May was out there. Mike Essis, um, and I played as well. It was a it was just an amazing night, and we're having the night coming up again. Things are happening that people are starting to get more, you know, aware. There's so many great solo acoustic folksy players around. Uh, you know, Jess Cantley, Mike Essis, uh, Woman May, Turtle Grenade, Ryan Carney and the Barely Damned. You know, there's a lot of great Frankie Valdez, you know, Chris Clark's solo project, the Chris Clark yeah. project. There's a lot of great anti one music, a lot of great artists out there right now. So, so I'm, I'm excited to be it? a part of it. What is it that is lacking? in the acoustic community you feel like or in the solo community you feel like that we gotta put ourselves out there more and realize that every show that we get that has a platform of any kind is uh is to be cherished to be valued and you know you gotta promote you can't just expect people are gonna show up you know um i mean i I have an album out that's on all the streaming services it's called the golden age syndrome but i can't just like expect that people are gonna you know know that my album's out and are gonna come out because of that you know i have right. to know that i have to promote i have to tell people and, and i can't just you know be on the internet and be a, a safari warrior you know i have to be going and talking to people you know and going and playing out you know at places and just to promote that gig coming up you know so i would i think honestly i mean i don't want to say what i don't know what people are doing wrong you know but i think what I see from from my angle is that uh, you know I'm an out of town guy, and from what I've seen is that if you just if you expect them to reach out to you all the time, that may not happen, you know, or may not happen as much as you would like it to. Yeah. But if you put in the time on your own, then eventually that will happen, you know. And I've seen it happen for me, you know, that I was just I was going out when I forgot here I was going out. <clears throat> if there was an event, I was going out to it, you know. I was just telling my buddy uh, <clears throat> Omar Batal. I was saying uh, that if there was, you know, a band playing that was doing something close to my wheelhouse, I was going out. And then afterwards, I was going up and introduced myself and saying, hey, enjoyed what you were doing. You know, uh, where do you where do you play that? I can see you next, you know, and just trying to develop connections and, and you know, be friendly with people that I like their music, you know. So yeah. I think I've been blessed and that really, you know, I, I'd say that. Uh, a lot of people think I'm the the positive guy on the scene, but it's really just I'm I am amazed at how everything has gone just by putting myself out there. So that's my encouragement to people when I see them is Hey, just put yourself out there, you know. Yeah, I, I don't really am not a person that gives a shit if I, uh, what the reception is going to be because I feel like uh, if I when I'm going to put myself out there, it's, it's you know. I'm prepared for that. So yeah, well, uh, when you're making something like music or doing a podcast or stand-up comedy or anything where you're on stage and eyeballs are on you, you are putting yourself out there. Uh, but there's something special about that. Yeah, uh, and there's something like that. Not every person has what it takes to put themselves out there like that. Uh, but definitely, self promotion is key. If you're going to be a musician, you have to know that you have to promote yourself. You have to know that it's going to be an investment of your time and your money. Like like you said, going out to shows, introducing yourself to people. Uh, I've had to, you know, I've made business cards and gone out to shows and handed them out to people and told them, hey, if you ever want to do an interview, blah blah. And I've had interviews set up that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, even with the band, like I said, I go out to other band shows we still network with maybe like the band we may know one band on the bill but not know two 
you go and meet them and then set up another show somewhere else you know yeah i tell i tell a couple musician friends of mine that uh you know i never try to to tell anybody i tell everybody the truth you know that i've been doing the touring thing for for a little bit now but a short amount of time in in the bigger picture you know so i just try to give them anything that can help them i mean that's really where my my mindset is you know people how did you set up these dates by the way in all these different cities uh well basically we we just put together a nice vp you know uh what is that vpk the visual press kit you know we oh. have a nice combination of photos and video and i uh i learned that the more the places let you play the more it seems like the door is open to play other places you know like right. once they realize like oh this guy you know he's played here and played there they're more willing to you know they're getting a lot of emails you know they're getting a lot of messages and i never just send an email i send an email and we you know make phone calls we keep up with them you know because we know that if you just send an email you know you're you may not always <clears throat> get people to come back to you know i get one thing that does bother me people say oh well i didn't get that gig i sent an email they never got back to me it's like well you know there's you know did you follow there's up? Nothing, yeah, yeah. There's nothing, right. you know, about an email that's different from anybody else's email that's trying just as hard as you, if not harder, to get that opportunity. So I basically just tried to do my best to, to talk to people, follow up, you know. I mean, I, I basically, I didn't go to college, but I had kind of sales college. I was in, you know, sales jobs and yeah. learned from those jobs that you have to follow up. You have to put your time in. And uh, I find that people, for the most part, you know, you reach people that are like, you know, they're not interested or they don't, you know they don't like people to follow up but for the most part i think people still respect that and that has been a big reason why we've been able to get a lot of shows it's just people hey just give us a listen you know we play here play here play there and also as you start getting more gigs in an area that you're uh you're going on tour at it becomes easier to say hey well we're playing here we're playing there especially places that they're familiar with so we just played a lot on the shore but then we were able to get stuff in new york city we played st mark's theater i was just about to ask you about yeah. that man I so, saw it on your Instagram, man. That's a big fucking deal. It's a dope spot. Yeah, that was one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, really? Yeah, the crowd was great. They were excited and energetic and uh, showed us a lot of love. And uh, like you said, I have the video on YouTube. And uh, in the very beginning, you can see from the very beginning where, when uh, I introduced myself and my buddy that was uh, playing the guitar for me on one of the songs, uh, they were just you know had a lot of love from the very beginning we were like you know we've been touring the jersey shore we came out to play with you guys tonight and one of the guys in the crowd was like thank you you know we were just like you know, that was great you know that was great and just the little things you know and uh the lighting guy you know we never had a lighting guy that was you know i mean it's usually one light you know <laughs> it has two colors or something you know but yeah. this guy was like you know a professional lighting system and he knew what he was doing and was able to pick up on the songs very quick to manipulate the lighting to support the narrative of the song you know all that stuff that That's artists so and performers pay attention to and uh and just everything was great and they were listening you know and they were focused and uh i feel like for what i do the intimate audiences is when i i, I feel like i do my best work so I, I i love those opportunities and that show in particular was something i forget that was my first time playing in new york city so wow yeah i was born in new york city i was born in the bronx oh wow yeah yeah my I dad's never... a big yankees fan so oh yeah me too man yeah uh, i've uh, i've never gotten a chance to play over there um and i didn't really grow up there i grew up in florida 
it, so I never got a chance to like be a musician in New York or whatever. But it was I'm pretty sure cool. challenging to be a drummer in New York, like in an apartment or some fuck shit. Like, ugh. oh yeah, well they they you know uh, at the churches open mic, you know we get on a really busy night, you know they would go till two thirty three, and we would get like thirty people, two featured acts, and then about. 28 to 30 people this thing was like you know 60 to 70 people at this because we were like features at an open mic so like we had the features here at church shows and it was like 60 70 people that made the list and then there was a bunch of people that were just on standby you know so a lot of people weren't even those 60 or 70 weren't all going to get to play you know so that was a real Damn. that was a real thing to me that uh hey you know even at even at open mics in, in a big city like this one or new york you know it's not always a promise to get to play you know so that that was a real thing for me to look and say hey you know uh, you actually you, got you your never, fucking spot yeah yeah, well, we they knew we were coming, so we had it set up already. They they were they gave us you know time, good time each, so they knew we were coming. That's but so if sick, you're just though. a regular guy that lives in the neighborhood, you know, then you know it's a little bit different. So, but it was a great experience for us being in. I'm like I said, a big Dylan fan, so being in the East Village playing was like you know a dream come true. Yeah, that actually um that area that that theater St. Mark's Theater, it's right around uh, where. Uh, the physical graffiti building is okay for the the Led Zeppelin album. All right, there's an album they did called Physical Graffiti, and the cover of it is one of the apartment buildings right there. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it's right there in the East Village. We were um, we were right down the street, and we went to uh, the spot where they took the cover of the Freewheel and Bob Dylan album with Bob Dylan and Susie Rotolo. Yeah. And me and my girl tried to recreate the photo, but it was dark, and the 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 person that was taking the picture didn't do the job of the the actual covers so but it was just cool to be there you know it yeah was yeah cool to be on those streets you know so i've got a chance to meet some of my heroes but i haven't got a chance to meet dylan i i kind of tried to uh, do a little stalking behind his show in fort lauderdale but uh he doesn't leave his bus like six buses pull up and i was like uh fuck i was like yeah fuck this i was like you know i'm not like i don't need an autograph or something i just wanted to like shake his hand and say like thanks for the inspiration you know and uh but i just i got tired of it pretty quick but dylan Dylan, Dylan, somebody I would like to meet. He and just to walk on the streets that he walked and he wrote some of those, you know, classic songs. You know that really his early or his early shit is what really sent me on my way. Those first couple records, so uh, that was pretty neat for me. Pretty yeah, I mean, New York City has so much history, man. Yeah, um, walking there, you feel it. You were just walking down the street. I was uh, when I got there. My cousin lives in Uptown Manhattan, Washington Heights. So when I got off the the plane in LaGuardia, I take the bus into Harlem. And we're just walking down the street in Harlem, man. So much history there. Jazz, I think, uh, was started in Harlem, I think, or blues. One of the two. Whatever. A lot of music A lot originated of in New York City. Yeah, and yeah. you just feel that shit. It, it, it's there. It's there. It's yeah. present in the city. Yeah, I don't usually get uh, I don't get crazy nervous uh, before the shows, usually. Um, <laughs> I I get... The nervous that I get is that when I'm ready to play, I want, I want to play. You know? Yeah. And if I have to wait to play when I'm ready, that gives me a little bit of anxiety, you know. But uh, I did feel the weight of that show. That show was like, hey, you know what? You're playing in a play that you know the best have played at you know I mean uh, I just uh, I talked a little bit in my post uh, on on social media about that uh, uh, Springsteen being a hero of mine just came off having the most successful you know Broadway show of all time and he just you know was a one man like what what I'm doing you know so uh 
to play to play there after that and play there you know Billy Joel is also you know somebody that I admire a tremendous amount and Billy Joel plays you know Madison Square Garden on a regular basis now you know and Fuck so, yeah he does so to be playing in that city you know and see those guys posters outside you know that's that's you know for me, that was always the dream, you know. My, my good friend uh, Hugo, uh, he goes by an American in Miami. He's a great blues musician. He said that he just wanted to. His only goal ever was just to be, just be one of the guys, you know, just be, you know, uh, one of the players amongst the guys, you know, and to be respected by them and be respected by people that he respected, you know. So for me, just to be playing those streets, you know, because at the end of the day, all those guys, regardless of uh, fame, or social status, are just players you know so to be uh, just another player on the street was was pretty satisfying for me that's awesome man so there's uh, definitely some cross off your bucket list getting to play in yeah. new york city yeah well not no honestly i'm the type of guy it's like you know you have the dream and then if you accomplish the dream then you try to you know make it a little bit something more so when we go back now we played uh once this time there but when we go back we would like to play like two or three times so we're we're gonna roll our dice a little bit more a couple more times i mean there's so many clubs out in New York that you could play, man. Uh, and as a one or two man uh, ensemble, it's so easy to take your instruments and travel, man. You guys are going to kill it out there for sure. Yeah, we we had the shore was the for as far as the fan base go the shore was amazing honestly we jersey shore yeah we were we played places like uh uh asbury park we played oh, uh, wow. uh belmar and neptune and somerville we uh, we did like nine shows in 11 days so we and most of the shows were in new jersey the the main shows that brought us up there was they do a um they do a birthday celebration every year for jared clemens who i went on on uh, tour with his father Clarence they do a big man bash he was known as the big man and uh, they do these bashes two days worth of music to celebrate his father wow. was very very important in the scene and one of the best saxophone players of all time and for That's rock and sick. roll you know I believe the best you know he had the biggest influence on me so now to be on tour in the area that you know Bruce and them came up with with Clarence's son was you know that alone was nuts fucking nuts for me you know yeah. but they they really they accepted Jerry with open arms and then in turn gave my music a shot you know they gave my music a shot and, and I think we gained a, a solid base of people that are excited for us to come back so that's what I really want to do I just want to develop areas I, I don't want to live by one market you know I think that's dangerous I see what happens to musicians in Nashville that live on one market if it's a good day it's a great day if it's not you know they're, they're not doing well you know so I've always looked at his hey, if you didn't have a good day in the town, you go play somewhere else, you know? So I want to develop good markets with places so that we can play for however long we want, which this music thing, you know, you're a musician, and it's a long play, you know? Yeah, so. you're not lying there. I wanted to ask that. So let's say in 2018, how many shows would you say that, that you played outside of Florida? Well, I moved to Florida in April. Okay. I played a lot of shows uh, since April. Outside um, of Florida? Uh, oh, well, a lot of shows in general. But outside of Florida, we went to Alabama on tour in the end of September. We played New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania in the last uh, couple weeks, in the last three oh. weeks. Um in March, I played Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, Alabama, but in 
a couple Octobers ago in November. No, I'm, so, I'm sorry, a couple of Novembers ago, we played uh, Kansas and Nebraska and Colorado. Holy shit! Yeah, so we we've played a lot of places. You know, uh, we played Indiana, we played uh, Ohio. Um, no. We've done a lot of shows in Florida, though. We've played a lot right, right, of right. shows in Florida. Central so. Florida and North Florida tourists take it more down. Yeah, well, West Coast is a place that we have a nice base. Uh, places like Punta Gorda, Cape Coral, Port Charlotte. Uh, I hear about North Cape Fort Coral Myers. Yeah, yeah, Fort yeah, Myers Cape, yeah, Cape Coral. Chris Clark and No Traffic were there recently. Oh, okay. So okay. We, we have a nice little following there. Places like... Um, uh, places like Rusty's and the Deck Bar and Leroy's. Uh, so we we like going over there, and the fans are completely different. You get a lot of older crowd that shows up. That yeah. I play a lot of Eagles stuff, and you know a lot of covers. You have to at the bars. You have to play a lot of cover stuff. So they love that stuff, you know. So we that's what we want to do. We just want to develop bases to where we're not reliant, you know. I I don't like to be in one place for too long. So yeah. if I get tired of Miami for you know a little bit. I want to go on the road. So uh, well, that's uh, what I wanted to ask. I mean, you said you used to do these sales jobs and whatnot, and I mean, it seems like you're on the road a lot. Uh, like, what what percentage of these would you say are like pay gigs? I mean, are you guys actually flipping profits? Yeah, I can't. I or? can't really like being 25 years old. I tell people I can't really go to New Jersey for two weeks if I can't, you know, make money. You know, of course, realistically, you know. So, but now uh, when I first moved to Miami, you know, but I also can't. You can't expect to be an artist that comes from a a new town and just expect to walk in and get paid somewhere to play. That just is not how it works, you know. So I definitely feel like. Uh, um, paid my dues a lot when I first moved here, and and uh, and I'm still paying my dues. You know, we're all paying our dues. You yeah. Know? So, uh, but it's constantly it's constantly doing that to uh, to get yourself known on the local scene. But as far as uh, I during that time, I was always looking for outside resources of playing in places that you know that I could show. Hey, this is what I've done. This is what how I play, and this you know I had a new album out. That's what a lot of people look for. They look for some you know tangible content material. You know? Yeah, and we had the the record, and I had you know uh, I had the things I needed that to get. I felt like what I was asking to get paid to play. So, uh, yeah, we played. Uh, what I'm doing in the New Year is I'm, the only gigs I'm playing for promotion for free is stuff for friends. You know, um, I have some some good friends on the music scene that are doing everything in their power to, to grow things. So, uh, but besides that, yeah. So you I, don't I play to, for free? Uh, if I can play to help promote or, you know, push if somebody's... If it's some friendly shit, for sure. But as a musician, you treat your craft uh, uh, Well, I'm trying that. more and more. You know, when I first moved here and I was playing a lot, you know, I was hearing people that I, you know, wasn't friends with at the time, but were people that I admired in music, you know, that I felt like they're, what they say should be listened to, you know, should be taken serious. Saying that, hey, you know, when you're playing for free, you're hurting. You're hurting the, the musical, musical community. And I didn't really understand where that was coming from at first, you know, because I I, I I do believe that playing is a good thing, you know, regardless of any f sort of financial compensation. So I have that belief on one hand, but then I also believe on the other hand that, you know, uh, uh, everybody gets paid to do the thing that they're, you know, that they're they're doing you know i mean so i i see a lot of guys and to think that man he may not be getting paid to play you know in 
damn, he should he should be, you know. And I see a lot of guys that that, that is the case. And uh, but my goal is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a solution guy. I, I want to try to help that problem. That is definitely a problem, you know. Uh, uh, you know, and this is the unpopular thing to say, but I'm not a, a politically correct guy, you know. And when you when your when your venue charges seven dollars for a Modelo, you know, but doesn't pay their music guy, there's there's a problem, you know. There's a, there's definitely a problem. Uh, so I'm I'm telling my musician friends, hey, you know what? You never you don't get if you don't ask. That's a classic classic you know way of things being. So. No, to say you know it's it's very tough because it's everything situational. You know, I'm playing tomorrow uh, for this amazing foundation, uh, Love, Hope, and Community, and they have a uh, a program that they basically it's a mobile program, and they show up at homeless shelters, and they work with uh, uh, kids with um, autism and Down syndrome, and, and and people that are dealing with real problems. You know, right. that that put that really put my problems in into real perspective. You know, uh, so. I'm doing a benefit for them tomorrow, so I'm, I'm very open to, you know, for me at the end of the day, it's about the songwriting and the music. I don't want to sound like that guy that will only play for cash. No, and I don't want to make you sound no, like that no, guy. No, I think that no. it takes a lot of balls and integrity to believe in your product so much that you won't you know what I'm saying? Like that you respect yeah. yourself enough to ask for money because, dude, we're a five-piece, six-piece band. There's a lot of bands that are... Yeah, and everybody's got to eat, you know. Everybody's got to eat. But th- a lot of bands don't ask for cash, dog. Like, yeah, and, and you I'm will not you. get if you don't ask, you and know. And that's I, so fucking... That's I, so true. We did, we did a folk show recently, you know, and uh, there was a musician that we got on the bill at the last minute that was an out-of-town musician, and uh, we didn't really have a, a budget for the show. It was like a test show to see you know what kind of crowd we could draw for future shows and stuff that that's really how it works with a lot of these venues they want to see what you can do before they give you longevity and uh this guy said hey i want to get uh, he called me up and said hey i want to get this guy this out of town or on, on the bill with us and uh i'll pay him out of my own pocket because this is a guy that deserves that and little examples like seeing that sort of of courtesy out of an artist that is is uh wasn't making anything for his his you know devotion to the show and his performance uh to see that and to see some other examples of some musicians that i highly respect that i've been blessed to become friend, friendly with uh uh, it just makes me say, you know what? There, there's some, there's something to that, you know. There's something to that. I'm not a guy. I'm, I consider myself politically independent. You know, I see, I, I can understand a lot of what both sides are saying. You know, uh, and I think that's important. I think that's important. That, you know, to to be able to to do that. And so I, it's, in this situation, it's the same thing. I see both sides, and I understand both sides. But I'm, I am trying to to do my part in saying, hey, you know what? Some, sometimes that's not right. If, if the artist is going to scratch the back of the companies and the businesses, the businesses should in turn do the same. And if they're not going to do that, then, you know, I do believe that those businesses, especially in a town like Miami that's driven off creativity, they'll suffer for that, you know. I agree, man. Um, I think a lot of the times it is in the hands of the musicians at the end of the day to ask for what they feel they're worth. At the end of the day, what we do on stage is a product. Uh, it is our expression, but it is something that is sought after by the people who are in that crowd. We are the reason that the people are in that crowd at the end of the day. 
or the reason that the people that are in wherever they are there and they're buying the drinks and they're paying entry to get in you know what i mean yeah so. yeah there's no you know i always say there's no i, I never needed my ass kissed or anything like that you no. know i never need anything like that but what i felt like was deserved for a lot of the people that i see that are not getting treated fairly you know they're uh they're giving, they're putting in, you know, and they're not, they're not giving back. But I, I, you know, at the same time, on the same, on the other, on the other hand, I see plenty of, of, of places that are doing that. You know, I have an amazing relationship with Churchill's, and I think Churchill's. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of great live shows in Miami that have touched me, you know, and sent me home with my mind reeling at, you know, 3 a.m. You know, sitting with my guitar, uh, but never any shows like the ones I've seen at Churchill's, and that's, you know, a strong endorsement from. And I believe most of the artists in the area will, would would agree with with that assessment um, because churches is a powerful place and they're very very open to the idea of new shows and and new ideas and and blowing things up and and you know not settling with oh well this is just how it is like no they want to get better you know each time that you know a panther puts on a black market show you know or Ian puts on a hip-hop show they're they're looking to, to you know to break things open and and yeah. draw new people that's that's the main reason why I like working with 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 a place like Churchill's is that they are about the music. You know, they're about getting live music out there. So I uh, I think that that more people need to be on board with that type of mindset. And I think that if if we had that, we'd have a lot more people that would be able to. Uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of guys would be comfortable just being able to eat and fill their car up with gas, you know. Same. You know, so, and that's not always happening, unfortunately. And I, I see for me that it's, it's it's happened, you know, but I also see that I'm, I'm not a guy, you know, I don't forget, I don't forget my friends. And I don't forget the people, a lot of the people that are my friends or, or that are around me are the people that are, you know, uh, they're the people in my songs, you know. So right. I, I try not to forget about them and, and the, the shit that really matters that they're not, they're not getting you know it's not it's important so it is very important the people you keep around you are very important uh and obviously they inspire you to make some great art yeah uh, so the company you keep is definitely very important and i feel like there's been this this common theme with churches um recently uh, i don't know about other communities but in the metal community i mean there's a lot of shows that get played at churches a lot of festivals that get played at churches or set up at churches album parties stuff like that it's kind of like a hub at this point and it's because a lot of places around town are closing down yeah uh, they're not really sustainable as far as like live acts and whatnot so churches is one of the last remaining pillars that's like still around still putting on shows very often and whatnot and a lot of times the theme is like oh you know playing at churches again and whatnot but like Fuck, bro. If if Churchill's ever goes away, we're gonna long for the days when we had Churchill's to, to set up these yeah, shows. At. Yeah. So I feel like with a place like Churchill's that's been around for as long as it has forty years now, twenty nineteen, um, we should definitely appreciate what we have while we have it because we didn't appreciate places like Creepy Tiki or um, uh, uh, Tobacco Road and stuff like that. And I'm yeah. just saying, I don't know. I wasn't around to to to, to see the shows there, but so the way people talk about that place, man. It was like fuck like they lost a part of the scene yeah so if it ever comes hindsight's to that, 2020 you know right right and i'm sure at the time people playing shows at tobacco road all the time like oh playing tobacco we gotta go up the stairs or whatever the fuck you know but now people long for fuck man i wish we still had tobacco road so i hope that's never the case with churchill's i hope it goes and becomes a museum one day or whatever the fuck they got to do to it to keep it alive because so many legendary acts have been through there but 
As much as uh, people talk about how often they play there, man, just enjoy the fact that you have a place like that, right? Yeah, now. yeah, and you know, uh, they, they, like I said, they're always excited about a new opportunity, which is, you know, I like to be a solution. I like to be a solution-oriented guy, you know, in places. I can't work with places that are just looking for a reason to shut something down, you know. And uh, thankfully, Churchills have never tried to uh, skew my creativity, and uh, they really, you know, we the type of relationship that we have is. Basically, they trust me to make the decisions and and uh, set up the Monday nights, you know, and uh, they let me do my thing. You know, the only thing I, awesome. I, only thing I ever asked of them was, you know, not to micromanage me and let me do my thing. And I promised them that the show would improve. And I feel like we have improved, and they they let me do my thing, which I just you know respect the hell out of that. Um, yeah. But you know, I have a great relationship with the people at uh, Words and Wine and Las Rosas Rio and Michelangelo and Nikki. They put on a great show. Super accepting show, great vibe when you're there. Um, you know they've been doing that for quite a tremendous amount of time. You know, Nikki started putting on that show in a living room, you know, years ago. You know, wow. and R- Rio was running the open mic, you know, at Churchill's, and was very successful. And then all of them got together, and they just, you know, they have a great show, a great show. So I think there's a lot of good stuff going on. And these these places that I talk I, I talk about, you know, they're they're a very small percentage, but I'd rather, you know, places be, you know, I'm, I'm an accepting guy. I'd rather places be on board than not on board, you know. And, 100%. Uh, so I think, yeah, you know, it's better to focus on the things of the places that are given that love. And and so it's not even about giving love, but just, you know, about about what's fair and what's right, you know. Uh, but Churchill's, yeah, people, I, I definitely feel blessed to have Churchill's. And the shows I've seen there left me, left me you know, damn, you know. Gotta go home. And you gotta get on the grind, gotta, right? Yeah, like damn, you know. That's right? what actually made us step up, man. Seeing bands like Eras One, Macronium, Born Beneath, these guys doing their own shit. Like, uh, I, I don't, have you seen Macronium? I have Do not. You know no, who Macronium? I don't. Dude, no. listen, man. Uh, you love churches. Um, yes. Kryptonite Metal Festival. Come out. Okay. It's, it's on of the course. 16th. I'll be looking for you because you'll be one yeah, of we'll the guys we'll be there. there that I know. We'll be there. We'll be there. <laughs> and Macronium will be there. And Eras One's gonna be there. But Macronium, man, the show that they put on is fucking wicked. They their stage presence and the shit that they did on stage made us want to go and step our game up and so what we did was we got lights and we started doing our own light show in june you know how you had the guy uh you know doing the lights in sync with you yeah we literally have a guy who learned all our songs and he's like he's he kind of plays synths on stage because he has to press all the buttons in sync with the music yeah and so we have our own light show smoke show all that shit just to try and get on the same level as these other bands you know what i mean and um it's awesome it's almost like a like a a playful competitiveness you know what i mean stepping the bar up and like if we do a good show it's pressure on them to 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 perform good and when they perform good and we go after it's like man we gotta perform to macronium or eras one standards and it's like when you have nights like that when a band kicks off the night and and they make a hell of an impression and everyone's like fuck i want to be on that level yeah it's awesome there there was a show specifically that lou the singer born beneath he set up uh, it was called buried alive fest like two i think it was one or two one of them i think it might have been the first one Man, it was it was wild. It was every band was on point. Lou was on somebody's shoulders at one point playing the guitar, and there was mosh pits going on. It was it was wicked, man. There's yeah, they that show. they those shows really really get going. I mean, but I I've I've left there. 
nights. I mean, just recently they had the all women's uh, folk show. I believe it was. Uh, I think I heard about December, that. And uh, you know, May Maylin, the woman May, she's a good good friend of me and my girl Daniela's. Um, and uh, uh, Turtle Grenade, we're very close with with uh, Denise and Ryan from Turtle Grenade. But I saw uh, I saw her perform at this thing, and uh, I'd seen them play a good amount. You know, I'm 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 out at a good amount of those shows. So, but there was something about that night and the song that she was playing. I left there thinking, shit, like I gotta, you know, step I, it up. I went right home and sat down with my notebook and continue working on the stuff I was working on because. But that's good, you know. That's that's a it good is. that's a good thing. And I I messaged Denise and I said uh, I said you sent me home tonight, you know, on some shit, <laughs> and uh, she she could appreciate that, you know, and. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good place. We 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 talk about me and some guys. We talk about a lot. You know where are things at. I'm always asking my 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 people around me like, hey, what can I do to help you? You know what's going on because solo musician community has to band together like a band does. You know, uh, and there's been some some really really good guys. And hey, I'm always trying if I get a show somewhere like we just uh, got a show last night that's going to be this Friday night at Spanish Marie the Brewery in Kendall. And uh, I said. Uh, you know, I'm gonna throw one of my buddies on to open up the show. I try to do that every time, just so that uh, they can see this guy's face or this woman's face, and they can, you know, develop a relationship with them and get these people back on as features, get their right. own sets. You know, so I think that's important. I think it's important to look out for, for people, and in turn, you hope that they look out for you. You know, that's basically the 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 idea behind the podcast as well. Um, at first, no one knew who the fuck I was, or you know, other other than like for being the drummer of Unoya. Uh, and basically, everyone who came on did me a favor. But now, you know, it, it's like returning the favor by, you know, once I have decent amount of people that actually listen to us on a weekly basis, you know, then we have the same people we had on in the early days back on, and hopefully that turns some new ears and new faces onto their stuff, and again, their fans turn on to us, and basically yeah. kind of have like a community where it's everyone's great checking collective. out everyone. Yeah, yeah, it's a great collective. We yeah. we did it with John, like I told you a few months ago, with the Everyman podcast, and uh, it's great, honestly. I'm I'm uh, I'm a big fan of it. I've been trying to push my friend Chris Tencato, the Orange Coast <laughs> man. I don't know if you know Chris. No. But he's a writer, and I've been trying to push him to uh, to do his own pod- podcast. I said, man, these podcasts, they're, they're great, you know, that people will listen for hours, you know, and time will fly by very fast. So being on the road a lot, you have to kill a lot of time. Yeah. And podcasts are a great way to do it. You yeah, know? yeah. I love a great interview, you know. I love a great interview. Yeah, I just love talking shit. So, yeah. uh, I mean, on, on, on that note, dude, well, I think it's we, – we're, we're over an hour, right? So – Taylor, do me a favor, man. Go ahead and, and end us out. Um, is this just going to be you jamming, or is this a specific uh, song? I'm actually going to play one. Uh, I get these songs. Uh, like I said, being in the bars and stuff, you have to play a lot of cover songs. And uh, I get these songs that I sift through. And if I like it a lot, playing it live, I go through this phase of playing it a lot. And this is the one I'm playing a lot right now. And uh, it actually all stemmed from uh, I talk about when I play live I say can we get some pictures can we get some pictures of course of yeah um, 
I, uh, I talk right. about when I play live. I say that there was two different types of uh, two different types of musical influences when I was young. There was uh, riding in my mom's car, and she played like '80s classic '80s music, like Van Halen and Prince, you know, and Linda Ronstadt and stuff like that. But my dad played like Willie Nelson and you know Johnny Cash and Merle Haggard and uh, Bruce and Tom Petty, people like that. Uh, so both of those are. Uh, had a huge impact impact on me in different ways so but this is a song i heard in my dad's truck and uh, i played it a lot while i was in new jersey this is a bruce springsteen song go ahead man all right thanks for having me guys i appreciate it thank you On a rattlesnake speedway in the Utah desert I picked my money, I head back into town Driving across the Waynesburg County line I got the radio on, but I'm just killing time Working all day in my dad's garage yeah, I'm driving all night, chasing summer rides. Pretty soon, little girl, I'm gonna take charge. Well, the dogs on Main Street how? Cause they understand if I could take one moment into my hands. Mister, I ain't a boy. No, I'm a man. And I there's a promised land Well I've done my best now to live the right way I get up every morning I go to work each day But your eyes grow blind and your blood runs cold Sometimes I feel so weak I just wanna explode Explode and tear this whole town apart Take your knife and cut this pain from my heart Trying to find somebody itching for something to start Well the dogs on Main Street how? Cause they understand if I could take One moment into my hands Mister I ain't a boy no, I'm a man, and I believe there's a promised land. There's a dark cloud that's rising from the desert floor. Pack my bags and I'm headed straight into the storm Gonna be a twister to blow everything down That ain't got the faith to stand its ground Blow away the dreams that tear you apart Blow away the dreams that break your heart Blow away the lies that 
you nothing but lost and broken hearted Well the dogs on Main Street howl Cause they understand if I could take one moment into my hands Mr. I ain't a boy No, I'm a man And I believe There's a promised land And I believe There's a promised land And I believe There's a promised land Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. Thank you. Much appreciated, bro. No problem. Thank you, guys, for having me.